Welcome to Equipped, a podcast by Connection Church. Equipped is a conversation about multiplying gospel community and fueling spiritual growth. We have one clear goal, to equip leaders to multiply. We want to help people follow Jesus, make disciples, lead small groups, and plant churches. My name is Jordan Thigpen, and I'm joined by Morgan Nowak, and we'll be leading you through today's conversation. Let's get equipped. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be good. So uh, we are, just for the listening audience, we are preparing uh, for this upcoming Sunday. We're going to be sending uh, a couple to uh, an unreached people group. Yes. We are going to be sending someone overseas uh, just for the sake of their safety and just for their, um, yeah, for their for the sake of the, the work that they're going to be doing. We're, we won't use their names, but... Um, if you are listening to this and you're a connect group leader, if you have been in the life of our church for a long time, you, uh, or for any amount of time, really, you, you'll know uh, who these people are, uh, but we are so excited for them. We look forward to this Sunday being able to celebrate. Um, this will be a time where we don't have the recording uh, as far as the YouTube or the Facebook live for this portion of the service, and we'll, I'll be able to sit down and interview them. Um, but we wanted in this episode of Equipped to give sort of a longer form conversation. Um, we'll just, and we don't have like a set amount of time. We'll just, we'll, we'll talk until we feel like we covered it all. Um, but all the like detailed stuff about why does missions matter? Why does sending matter? Um, why does, um, why does the global nature of lostness matter? Why is that? Um, sort of our responsibility altogether as not just like us as a staff, but how, why does that matter for us as um, and the everyday follower of Jesus? And so um, I, that's everything that we're going to cover uh, sort of in this episode. <clears throat> and, and then I'd like to hear some of Morgan's personal story um, as well. Um, but I guess as just kind of getting into the episode, I want to say thank you to all the encouragement that we've received for Equipped. I want to say thank you for all of the feedback. And um, this has been so much fun for me. Shout out to my wife that got me a, a sweet sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, man, it, it made me so happy. It was so, so kind of her. Um, and, uh, and also to uh, thank you to Austin Hagen for last week for, um, for, really guiding us into a very fruitful conversation on what it means to be a disciple. Um, me and Macy were in Turkey and I listened to it while, um, I was flying back from there. Um, and, and also thank you to, to everybody in our church that gave to make that mission trip possible. That was, um, two guys f first mission trip it was Macy's second. And it was, a the, the first to something that's very important for us today, which is to a place and I don't know exactly if it falls within the 1040 window, but it is a country that is 99% mm -hmm. unreached right. or they fought. They are uh, out of 80 million people, 99.1 or 2% of that population are followers of Islam. And so let's just go ahead and get into sort of why does what, what, what further statistics and what further, um, what exactly is an unreached people group and different things like that. So 
Um, Morgan, you don't have to dive just straight into statistics, but uh, uh, why does unreached peoples matter? Why does, what, what is the 1040 window? Just kind of take it anywhere that you want to go. Yeah, so I'm really excited that we're talking about this because this is so much of my heart, right? Global missions. Um, and I'm so excited about global missions um, and just to just to chat about it. And one of the ways it's been explained to me is that there's five largest kind of religions in the world, and you can go by the THUMB acronym. So that's T-H-U-M-B. It's, um, you might have to help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, hold on, I think I know what it is. No, what's the T? No, you lost me. <laughs> we'll come back to the T. H is Hindu. Hindu. Unreligious, Muslim, and um, Buddhist. Buddhist. So T, T being some sort of like animism. Taoist? Topic. Maybe Taoist. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to come back to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the five largest religions. I'll Google it while you're talking. Yeah, in the world. And um, so many of those, obviously, none of those are, are Christian, right? And so um, when you see these, especially Muslim in the 1040 window, we have huge, huge groups of people who practice these religions um, in a very small area. And that's why we focus so much on the 1040 window is because, of course, there's a lot of land there, but there's a huge population there. In Tribal. The Tribal. Thank you very much. Not Taoist. <laughs> I have no idea what Taoism is. <laughs> Tribal, Hindu, unreligious, Muslim, and Buddhist. I'm pretty sure what Taoism is all the tattoos on Will Tucker's arms. That's, <laughs> I think that's Will what Will Tucker that is. loves Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those being the five... Uh, not in a hateful way, but kind of biggest enemies of Christianity, right? The five things that are the distracting. Competing world views. Yes, the competing distracting world from views. Christianity. Yeah. And um, I do have some statistics here that of the 50 largest unreached people groups of the world, all 50 of them are in the 1040 window. So there's not one of the largest unreached people groups in the world that's outside of the 1040 window. So that kind of tells you why that's so important. Um, and the unreached peoples are... So, you know, such a, 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 a good harvest for us to send workers out into because so many of them, not only have they not heard the message, they don't even know a Christian. Hmm. It's not like, oh, my next door neighbor is a Christian. I see them go to church. You know, there is no church. There are no Christians. And it's estimated, right. I read earlier, that um, worldwide, 15% of Muslims have ever met a Christian. Mm -hmm. That means 85% of Muslims have never met a Christian. So this is totally unfamiliar to them. It's not like they've heard the message and they've heard of the Bible and they are um, ignoring it or walking away from it, but they've never even heard. And so that's why it is always such a burden on my heart is because um, they can't even make a, an informed decision if they've never even heard. Right. And so, you know, piggybacking off of that, the out of the total world population, um, and I didn't take it, I didn't take a picture of this, that, but it's in our, it's in our atrium over by the cafe. There are 3.16 billion people that live inside of the 1040 window that are that are that are within the the unreached peoples of that area. Um, let me try to tell a story to try to maybe make this a little more personal, a little more real. If I were to tell you that the place where Noah's Ark came to rest, Mount Ararat, the land where Abraham is from, where his like his his the place that he was born and raised before he met Yahweh. If I were to tell you the place where Paul was born, the place where people were first called Christians, the biggest mission-sending church being Ephesus, 
the place where the Apostle John is buried, the place where Mary, the mother of Jesus, is buried, um, the seven churches that Jesus addresses in the book of Revelation, um, the place where the letter of Colossae was written to, if I were to tell you those places that are all essential aspects of the story of Christianity, those places all exist inside of the country of Turkey. Mm. And that is 80 million people that don't even, that they could not answer the question, why did Jesus have to die? And I would say when we're talking about unreached peoples, when we're talking about global missions, that's the heart of the issue. I like the way that you said that and what you were saying that they can't, they couldn't make a decision if they wanted to make a different one because they have not heard. Um, so as an American, I can look at and compare the values of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, and those options are available to me. In Turkey, it is completely illegal to be anything other than uh, a Muslim. And we're, we're sitting in a coffee shop on this trip to Turkey, and this coffee shop is looking at the tomb of the Apostle John. It's up on the hill. That is the, the, the view of the shop. Is We're sitting outside sipping um, a cortado, and I'm looking at John's tomb. And the, the guy that we were there visiting with calls the barista over. And in that coffee shop, there's a cross with Jesus on it as just like, as like, uh, what's the word? Uh, souvenirs, as a souvenir that that customers could come in and buy. And we're talking about Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, all types of Christians coming in and out of this site to go see this historical site. And in talking to the barista that is looking at Jesus's best friend's tomb, no one has ever explained to him why Jesus had to die. And so that, that there's a lot to say. If I was trying to get any one point across is that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. That we as, we, we as followers of Jesus have a responsibility. Now, it can't just be well, that's not fair. Like, it's got to be, we, we, we have to know, do we have an obligation to it? So biblically, Morgan, where would we point to to see if God cares about us caring about people who don't have access to the gospel? Where would you point to for that? Yeah, well, what a, that's a huge question, you know, and uh, so many, I wonder, out there listening, we're all going to be like, Matthew 28, yeah. <laughs> Great Commission. Great but Commission. <laughs> there's so much more than that. In fact, you know, right there at the very beginning of Genesis, he starts talking about the heart for the nations. Right off mm. the bat, you know, we see it. You sound like you've been engaged global. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> next February. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that they do do that engage global. They show that there's a global threat, or I'm sorry, a missionary thread throughout the whole Bible, starting at the very beginning, Genesis and not ending until Revelation of God himself reminding his people, hey, I care about the nations and I want you to. Hey, I'm inviting the nations in and I want you to. One thing that David always says while we're over there in Turkey is he says that um, 
when he's sharing, he's saying, and this is something that Muslims agree with, so this isn't controversial, is that God has a God has God has a dilemma. God is in a God has a problem that he has to solve. We have a problem that we need God to solve, and that being sin. But God has a problem in that we have sin, and that's where the global thread comes in, because or, or the missionary thread that you're talking about is that before there was ever a person sent to participate in the Great Commission, God has been on a great mission to reconcile people that he created. This is what I love about Christianity is logically it is so consistent. God created man in his image. His heart is to see us reconciled. And the first step of reconciliation happens the moment that sin enters the world. He's on a rescue mission to call back Adam and Eve into a personal relationship with him. Um, And that is what continues throughout the Noahic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and then all the way to the the the, the covenant that we're now in with Christ. Um, and so, sorry, go pick up where you were though about um, about picking up with the the missionary thread. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so cool to see that God's heart hasn't changed, right? He, the missions were on His heart. I mean, I'm sorry, the mission <laughs> was on His heart from the very beginning of yeah. reconciliation with His creation. Um, and he didn't just create the Jews, you know, right. he didn't just create Americans <laughs> or right. anything like that. He created all people. And, you know, it says in the Bible that he wishes that none would perish, right. that he wishes they all would come to him, regardless of their nation or their country or their language or their skin color. Um, and if we are made in his image, that's something that we would hope for as well. Yeah, that's right. That I mean, that that is the the mission is the covenant. The, the mission is the covenant that he enters into. And now the way that manifests itself is in him saying, all right, I will never send a flood on the earth to wipe out people again. It's I will give you a law so that you understand my design. Mm-hmm. It's that's Moses, right? He, he says, I will, I will give you, um, I'll give you sort of a pathway by which an eternal King will come through the lineage of David. So he begins to enter into that, that he, he didn't, he could, it couldn't just be any king. That's the problem with Saul. So that's why he has to choose David, who looks contrary to the vision of man, but is in line with the heart of God. Not perfect, but that wasn't David's purpose. It was to begin the journey towards Jesus. Um, and so uh, that's a whole other thing um, that we could get into that uh, we, could, we could cover at another time. Um, but here, <clears throat> here's Paul looking back on sort of this reality. Paul, and, you know, like Morgan said, we could look at Matthew 28. Uh, and on this podcast, we've talked a lot about Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's, that, that's kind of the whole conversation right there, that there was a geographical destination in mind that represented every tribe, tongue, and nation of moving out further and further and further outward from the initial events of the crucifixion, that it would move as a Holy Spirit-filled set of actions, thus the book of Acts, um, that these actions would carry the message of Jesus further and further and further to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Paul looks back on this as he's under arrest when he's standing trial before um, Felix and Festus and Agrippa, 
It says, this is Acts 26, verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, meaning when Jesus appeared to him. Instead, I preached to those in Damascus first, and Paul was saved on the road to Damascus, right? And to those in Jerusalem and in all the region of Judea and to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works worthy of repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple complex and were trying to kill me. Since I, since I have obtained help that comes from God to this day, in other words, I wasn't killed along the way because God has protected me, to this day I stand and testify to both small and great, saying nothing else than what the prophets and Moses said would take place, that the Messiah must suffer, and that as the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to our people and to the Gentiles. So he's saying the message of Jesus was meant to always go to everyone to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And Gentiles is just shorthand for anybody that's not Jewish. So that's everybody. Um, and so um, Paul, being somebody who grew up as a, was, was trained up as a Pharisee, would have deeply understood the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. And that global thread, that missionary thread that Morgan's referring to, going all the way back to Genesis, that's what Paul spent all of his ministry unpacking for the church to see this is Moses and then everybody else is on the same page about this reconciliation plan that God is on. Um, anything else kind of about that, the biblical rationale for why global missions? I just think of all the times that, like you're saying, Paul says in, in his many letters, whether it be about missions or not, he says, you have heard it said, blah, blah, blah. You right. know, as it ha as it was said, blah, blah, blah. And he's always referring back to the Old Testament, back to the word that they did have at the time. Even Paul himself was set aside in Acts 13, 1 through 3. So, uh, and this will, this will kind of get us more into connection church um, sort of uh, realities. But in Acts 13, in the local church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, the Cyrenian, Manaean, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. Then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So Paul, through the work of a local church, experienced the sending realities of the local church. Um, that's where I would say Acts 13, 1 through 3 serves as a guiding light for the, the third part of our mission statement. The mission statement of Connection Church is we exist to connect, equip, and send God's people. In other words, the mission of Connection Church is not completed until sending has occurred. That's uh, with uh, the folks that we're going to be sending out, uh, and um, that's the the joy of of we are getting to send somebody to um, to a place that does fall within the ten forty window. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the stats of the 1040 window and, and unreached people groups, because I guess you could, you could try to make a case. And this is the case that I hear all the time. Well, what about lost people here? Well, we have thousands and we, we have over a thousand people that call our church home. So I think we're covered. We've got a lot of people here. Um, how many unreached people groups are there and how how serious is global lostness? 
Yeah, so some statistics here, um, according to a website that I was looking on today, and it's the Joshua Project, if you're familiar with it, which I trust wholeheartedly, they estimate that there's about 17,400 people groups in the world, 17,400. Of those, 7,400 remain lost. So 7,400 people groups, not individual people, these people groups have millions, sometimes billions of people inside of them. So about 7,400 people groups in the world that um, have no access to the gospel and have less than 2% Christian living in them. Um, I read another thing here that says, um, talking about kind of the the statistics of how many missionaries go to these. If there's 7,400 lost people groups in the world, how many missionaries are we sending to them? And um, it's estimated that one missionary among every 30 is sent to the 1040 window. Yeah. Um, think about it like this. The United States makes up 4% of the world's population. 4%. The 1040 window makes up, what did you say earlier? 46. 46% of human beings in the world. Now, it's also true that if in the U.S., if every Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, what's typically referred to as an evangelical church, if just the evangelical churches adopted one unreached people group to send a missionary unit to that unreached people group, we would reach the world several times over. Mm-hmm. There's that many, right? There's there. It feels like there's 7,000 churches just in Statesboro, <laughs> but like in the world over, like we have a lot of opportunity and it's so much so it means so much to us as a church is that for each of our connection network churches we have all agreed together to try to adopt an unreached people group and send a mission unit meaning a husband a, or a man a woman or a husband and wife combo a missionary unit to to that and by God's grace we as Statesboro will send more than one um but so Let's try to make this this uh, personal um, as well. Morgan, you have been a follower of Jesus for less than five years. Um, she's nodding for everybody that's <laughs> yes. only listening to this. <laughs> um, what? Um, why do you care about global missions? Yeah, so um, when I first got saved, I was not from a Christian home or anything, and my, my complete understanding of missions was if you're a missionary who does missions, you build schools in Mexico, period. That's Mm -hmm. it. It has to be Mexico and it has to be a school. (laughs) There's no other option. Um, And that sounds silly now, but it makes me wonder how many other people think things like that because I was totally serious. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was great. I thought that's very honorable building Mm -hmm. schools in Mexico, but that's that was all I really thought it to be. And the more that I learned about what missions is, I learned these statistics. I learned about the lostness of the 1040 window, and I started to really see in God's word his heart for the nations. I just, you can't not care about it almost, you know? And Mm. I just kept praying, you know, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Let me see these people how you see them. And he sure did. And um, it's just been crazy how 
much I care about these people who I've never even met, not necessarily because I have personal relationships with them, but because I want to stand by them someday in heaven and praise God with them. You mm -hmm. know, I don't want them to have any other option. And like we mentioned earlier, what breaks my heart the most about it is when you really sit and you start to think that they don't, they don't have any, they don't, they don't know. They don't have yeah. any other way of knowing. They don't have any other way of hearing. They don't have any other way of, of learning these things. Some of these countries don't even have access to the internet, mm -hmm. let alone a Christian or the Bible. And even more subversive to me, what bothers me is that if they were to Google it, Mm -hmm. If they were to search it on the internet, they couldn't get to it if they wanted to because of, of suppression. Right. Yeah. And, and government regulation mm -hmm. things like that. That's right. And I think it's very easy to say, oh, well, they're on this podcast right now talking about a family who's going, someone else will do it, you know, right. but we all are at risk of thinking that and no one's going to go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the Lord showed me that if I even have a heart to go, he, he'll equip me, mm -hmm. you know, I can get trained, I can get a community around me that will help me learn what I need to learn to go and go well. But all I need is the heart that's willing to go. And I have that, you know, and yeah. so that, that is, is something that, you know, is reason I care so much about unreached people groups is because, um, I, I feel like, you know, we should all care and I'm willing to do something about it. Right. And I think some of it, some of what you're getting at is two different ways to see, global missions mm -hmm. uh, one is to see this is a task reserved for the elite mm -hmm. or this is normal christianity mm -hmm. and you've adopted the view that this is just normal christianity um, and that is what we want all of our church to understand now a lot of our church has been extremely generous to where we're able to for the 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 folks that we're sending to this unreached people group, we basically pay most of their, we, we pay almost all of their salary. Um, and that's something that we do because we don't want them to have to spend a bunch of time fundraising and we want them to be able to focus on the mission. Um, I, I'm sure that there, that um, there's listeners maybe that have been at churches where it's, I, I don't know that it could become more complicated than this or that it could be uh, something that's uh, a little different, but what we really want them to be able to focus on the thing, which is most important. Um, we were, we have this on our wall in our atrium. And again, I'd, I'd encourage you to go check it out. Um, but in ministries total in the world, there are 4.19 million full-time Christian workers of these, 95% are working within the reached Christian world. Like, that's of the 4.19 full-time missionaries, 95% are going to already reached places. Wow. Only 1.7% of money given to Christian ministries goes towards missionaries working among the unreached. Wow. 1.7% as you would say, a penny <laughs> per dollar. Almost two pennies <laughs> per dollar. Um, that, so like some of, so this is, this is, so of the people that are already generous, of the people that do already, that have already come to the position that I'm not the person to go, but I will support the ones that go, only 1.7% of their money is going to a place 
where there are actually unreached peoples that have never heard the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We got to get more focused. Mm-hmm. We got to get more strategic in our ministries. Uh, we need more people to go. Um, we need to offset some of this great imbalance and bring more missionary units, more missionary dollars. Um, and I think some of that, like if you, if, if our listeners needed some, if our connect group leaders and our connect group members and folks needed something more tangible and clear to maybe of a call to action or, or to go and do like, don't, don't live your whole life and have never been to an unreached people's group. Mm-hmm. We go on a trip every year to Turkey and it'll change how you see and understand the Bible because so much of the Bible happened there, but you'll also see how receptive people are that are unreached. They just have, they just have no clue. I'll never forget a story of a lady that was told the good news of Jesus for the first time. And her question was like, so this happened like last year. Hmm. And the missionary had to look her in the eyes and say, this happened like 2000 years ago. And she with like tears in her eyes was like, what took you so long to get here? Wow. To tell me. Um, well, I remember this is not the same, but even when I, I got saved here, you know, in Georgia, um, I did not grow up knowing the gospel. And so when someone told me and the Holy spirit worked in me to understand and to hear it, I remember asking point blank, you know, why has no one told me yet? Mm. Why would no one share this with me? Listen to this. This is great news. Mm. This is life changing news. Why didn't someone think to tell me before? And, and that's in a country where I could have gone into a bookstore and bought a Bible and figured it out myself if the Holy Spirit was, you know, willing and things like that. But that's not how it works, is it? Right. No. What was that Romans 10 passage you were sharing with me earlier? Um, here, let me pull it up. I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. (laughs) While while she's looking for that, I just read another thing that's on our wall. It said Americans have recently in recent years spent more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than given money to missionaries going to unreached people groups. Yeah. That is an insane. It's ridiculous. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, that passage, it's, it's Romans 10, 13 through 15. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him? I'm sorry. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Hmm. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Mm-hmm. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's it. That's it. How are they to hear unless someone is sent? Or how, how is someone going to proclaim unless they're sent? That should move in our heart for why global missions matters. That mm-hmm. should move all of us in our heart to see why sending matters. And I've had the chance to tell a lot of stories about Turkey um, kind of coming back and debriefing and, and just seeing friends and people. And uh, I was getting my hair cut the other day. My barber is a, a, also a pastor. And we were talking about the trip. And he said, it's just strange what God seems to do in places like that. And I really am of the belief that God reserves special blessings for those who go. Hmm. I believe there's a different part of God that we get to experience that he reserves for those who are faithful 
to the call to go. Um, that doesn't mean that you are set apart to be sent out like Paul and Barnabas, because if you read that Acts 13, 1 through 3 passage, there's a lot of folks that stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should all be willing, if if Jesus ro- rose from the dead, if God created the heavens and the earth, if God has has given us a written word to try to be a witness of himself to us and that he was willing to give his son and that his son is going to return one day and judge the living and the dead. And because of our faith in him, that we are sealed for eternity in a heavenly reality where we get to spend an eternity worshiping and living in a new heaven and new earth. It's not a stretch to ask us to go mm-hmm. in the meantime because we're giving up a life that's that's um, that is marred by sin and death and difficulty and sickness, we should put our yes on the table to go if God would have us to. And we should, at the very least, for those of us called to stay, be willing to send those who are called to go. Um, and you kind of, some of this, you have to have a little bit of a worldview shift of, it's not like, you know, let's say that I go long term. It's not that I'm doing God this great favor and oh my goodness, look at me, <laughs> you know, because right. I'm going. That's not it. I mean, I it's more that I can't believe that God would allow me to participate in his plan in this way. And he's doing me a favor by letting me, you know, get to see this. That's a beautiful perspective. Uh, anything else on this? Um. I think that this just about covers it. I mean, the only thing I think of is, um, you know, of course we're talking about sending, but just to remember that if you are called to stay, there are still so many ways to participate through giving financially, through praying, through um, leading one another's to understand the global com- or the Great Commission, raising others up as leaders to go overseas or to plant churches. All of that can be done by staying right here stateside, but it still is participating in the global mission. And the last thing I would say uh, in partnership with what Morgan is saying is trust that we have a process as a church and as a staff. Um, we we work at sending. Like the folks that we're sending, we didn't just like sign their permission slip and send them out the door. We We tried to invest in them in a specific and careful way, and we've worked alongside an agency. So... It is the last portion of the mission. We, we still want to connect. We still want to equip. Just as I believe God reserves special blessings for those who go, I think he reserves special blessings for those who participate in the local church. Mm-hmm. And so to our connect group leaders, you are essential in that. Like we couldn't do, we, we and we wouldn't be who we are without our connect group leaders. So this isn't some shaming into give us more money mm-hmm. or pack up your stuff and hurry up and go. We want you to listen to God and do what he says, but don't take it off the table. And more so, this is a call for our connect group leaders and for our connect group members. Understand that God really could call somebody out of your connect group to go. God really could call somebody out of our church, out of our people who are heart and soul to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we do believe that's the the unique vision and mission of our church is that we want to connect with people we want to equip them, and we want to be ready to send them if God would call them to do that. So, um, this is not this is not some thing that we as a church have necessarily failed in. God's given us the grace to be able to send a missionary unit to an unreached people group. But why don't we do more? 
why don't we see if we could find some more, find more folks that are willing to go. Um, and I believe God's stirring that in, in, in several people's lives in the life of our church. And, and you know, this has been primarily about, uh, about the, the ends of the earth, right? But we also have the processes in place for the Connection Network to, to reach our little uh, Judea and Samaria, right? Our little places kind of right around here that we want to send people to. And that's also faithfulness to sending, um, just as generosity and just as going and and it, and 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 it, everyone is not called to be the missionary or the church planter. And I just I think those are two lofty titles and and two overly serious dynamics to even take all that seriously. I think some people are are called to be the core team member. They're called to be the key volunteer, to be the successful business person that's able to be abundantly generous. Um, and I think God honors and loves and has special blessings for all of those things. So, um, hey, we love you guys. We love this conversation. This is something that means a lot to me and Morgan. Um, this is something that means a lot to our entire staff and our elders. Um, we were an unreached people. Somebody took this, took these verses seriously that read Romans 10, just like Morgan did, and said, this is my responsibility to take this to these unreached peoples, and I'm going to tell everybody along the way as I'm going, um, and we are the beneficiaries of that, that somebody picked up the gospel and took it with them, um, and so we want to turn around and be faithful to be witnesses, not, not that we have to be full-blown Bible apologists or to be professional PhD carriers and understanding every single answer to every single question, but we each can be a witness to what we've seen and what we've heard. And that's being faithful to God's call in Acts 1-8. So um, anything else? Um, nope. I think this is it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I would love for you to, to click like, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, uh, help us spread the word about uh, Equipped. But we're so excited to celebrate this upcoming Sunday um, with uh, the, the folks that we'll be sending, if you can be there in person uh, to, to cheer them on as they leave, that would be awesome. Um, but we're uh, so, so thrilled for them. Um, so excited for what God is doing in the life of our church. Thanks for all that uh, you as our Connect Group leaders do and all of our Connect Group members, the way that you uh, carry us forward in the mission of God here at Connection Church. Um, and we love you. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Peace.